hard to believe that you can make good money doing what you love while making the world a better place? I feel you. My name is Eden and I'm a holistic business coach who spent years in nonprofits believing things like money is the root of all evil and trying to spiritually bypass capitalism before my desire for comfort, freedom, and stability outweighed my attachment to my limiting beliefs. See, after years of helping myself and many, many clients create profitable, regenerative feeling businesses that honor our spiritual and material needs, I launched New Money Social Club to give the very best coaching, community, and strategy for aligned abundant growth to believe it we've got to see it so this podcast centers the stories of diverse entrepreneurs who are daring to live work and create on their own terms in the spirit of a mutually flourishing equitable new economy Welcome, everybody, to our expansive August Founder Talk, Business as Liberation with Solange Burnett. Uh, I'm Eden, and I'm a holistic business coach and founder of New Money Social Club, which is a membership platform that gives purpose-driven people the resources, coaching, and community that they need to get over their money and marketing blocks and build profitable, sustainable businesses. And it's my absolute honor to hold this space for all of us today. Um, let me just check real quick to see if there's anybody. Uh, perfect. I will be periodically letting people in and I'm not good at doing two things at once. So bear with me. Um, so yeah, so when I was connecting with Solange's energy and legacy and impact in advance of this event, the word liberation rose to the surface for me. And I don't use that word lightly. So everyone here, I'm guessing, is painfully aware in varying degrees of intensity of the massive structural inequities and looming existential threats that we were born into. So for many of us, the thought of weaving our purpose, our fulfillment, and our creative healing energy into the work that we do, like for money, <laughs> can feel unbearably risky, even for those of us with means. And yet, if we don't devote our energy here, who will, right? We won't have the balance of new equitable, equitable economies being born while our older systems are disintegrating. So I deeply honor anyone who is brave enough to bushwhack a path forward that feels true for themselves while serving as a vital inroad for the rest of us. It takes a certain assuredness, some kind of divine alignment to walk the path of authenticity, to create visionary healing spaces amidst overwhelming systemic failures, to sing, to breathe deeply, to align with a plant that's been criminalized, to play and create in the face of risk and grief, and to be extra unabashedly ahead of the curve. And so for anybody who isn't so familiar, Solange Burnett is the weed auntie, co-founder and chief culture and community officer at Urban AI. She's a Caribbean American multi-hyphenate, culture curator, creator, brand strategist, space holder and experience producer. And she focuses on creating inclusive and intersectional containers for holistic well-being rooted in connectivity and care while amplifying marginalized and melanated practitioners, creatives and entrepreneurs in cannabis and beyond. Solange speaks, partners, and consults on brand education and marketing, social equity, sustainability, self-care, sexual health, racial injustice, gender discrimination, and community empowerment. 
She's a proud Floret Coalition board member, Broccoli Magazine's anti-racist cannabis collective, giving monthly donations to orgs, prioritizing communities most affected by the war on drugs. Additionally, she sits on the inaugural advisory board of CUNY's new workforce development program, From Cannabis to Culinary. And Solange is a member of the 2023 Clio Cannabis Marketing and Advertising Jury. She performs with the creative protest group Resistance Revival Chorus, yes, and has been featured in publications like Marie Claire, Forbes, High Times, InStyle, Refinery29, Girl Boss, Black Enterprise, Atmos, Well and Good, and Vice. So thank you again for being here. And without further ado, welcome, Solange. Oh, um, I need you. Can you just be there introducing me to the world for the rest of my life? That was that almost made me want to cry. What <laughs> getting all misty. <laughs> it is an honor, joy, and pleasure. Thank you for having me. So to start, I'm going to start with a question that we ask everybody uh, when they join this space. Um, And I just want to honor the fact that like when we talk about money, especially when we talk about our relationship with money, most all of our nervous systems get a little set off. And so I just want to honor your vulnerability and bravery and even being able to hold space for for some of the story sharing around this for you. Um, And so I was wondering if you could share what is one story that you heard about money growing up or a little bit about your relationship with money? So I think, to be honest, what is very interesting, because you're right, money is particularly triggering um, when it comes to people who inhabit a body like mine because of the fact that we don't have access to capital, because people don't give us opportunities to grow and thrive, because I'm living at the intersections of blackness and womanhood and massage noir. Like they think we can work a million jobs and get paid nothing. Like that is our job to just hold things together and make space for you and be a caretaker um, and basically be enslaved to other people's emotions and insecurities. And just, it is so challenging. And as a Caribbean American, I think that my family didn't really, it doesn't really have the verbiage or vernacular to talk about money. And it has been a long journey for me that continues to this day. Um, in negotiating what's going on with my mom as she's aging and as land in the Caribbean, like where it's going, who's doing what with it, like understanding inheritance and generational wealth. Like these are challenges that I'm dealing with right now because I believe also in our culture, you know, again, people, they feed you to show you they love you. They don't buy you something to show you they love you. It is a whole other system of care and nourishment and understanding reciprocity and love. Um, And in American as well as just Western and patriarchal cultures, uh, they lead with the cash. It's all about money and profit instead of dealing with all the other issues because they have the advantage in the one up and that's how they've been able to control so much of the world and all of our individual well-being for so long. Um, So I think for me, what I learned about money and a story for me is that it's just the ability to very, to work very hard um, and put out into the world what I would like to see, to be proud of what I'm working on, to understand that, 
not only is that a legacy for future, but that's how you should be living anyways, in harmony with community and figuring out where do you get in, where you fit in. Um, how do you work and collaborate with people instead of oppressing people to make a profit? Um, so I've always, like since I was a kid, um, worked multiple jobs, you know, have had multiple interests, have never had just this one solid part, got like liberal arts education, and I was free to always be exploratory. But I never had a good relationship with money. And I think I had shame around money about also being adjacent to wealth. I grew up in a very white um, Jewish affluent neighborhood. Um, and so having family where my mom worked multiple jobs and essentially was a single mom, even though there was a male presence, <laughs> um, really she had to do so much and had to struggle and hustle. And how do I break these generational, you know, traumas of not being able to have enough of having a scarcity mindset, mindset of having to work a million different things to finally be able to rest um, that is really, I think my relationship with money is like, I want to have abundance and opportunity and be living in my purpose, um, mm -hmm. and not have to struggle and hustle as much as the past generation has. And to me, that will show some, some level of success. Yeah. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like I just had a couple downloads, particularly around like, how you mentioned in the Caribbean culture, this kind of focus on showing love through feeding and through caretaking and nurturing. And it, it is interesting also how you mentioned that like in American Western culture, um, like I'm just like, those jobs are outsourced. Like, you know what I mean? And so that's there. So it's, it's interesting. Okay. So many things there. Um, can you talk a little bit about, so obviously you're in the movement, you are, you have been oriented towards justice and liberation for quite some time. Can you talk about your relationship with capitalism and how you make sense of having to pay bills and, you know, live in New York and all those things while also working with this system? I mean, life is inherently filled with opposition. It's inherently filled with, you know, these things that are kind of in friction and tension with each other. That's how we're able to find some balance and make sense of things. Um, I do totally feel like capitalism needs to be abolished. <laughs> um, we are not made to work. We are made to create, we are made to love, we are made to share and be in community and to be integrated with other. We are not supposed to be alone in front of a laptop typing away while our eyes go bad and our posture goes bad and we're just exhausted and having depression naps. You know, I, I really think that it does need to be completely done away with. And of course, That'll make people scream, like, what else will we do? Like, we have to try new things in order to find solutions. Um, we can't just continue to perpetuate oppressive structures of inequity um, because capitalism, the way it is, is inherently um, oppressive and, and unequal and made so that there is a small amount of people at the top and the rest of us are doing grunt work and we are labor instead of human. We are commodities and things to be sold to for people to make a profit um, versus, and you see that in everything and it 
pervades every industry. And it particularly affects people, again, who are Black, Brown, queer, who are socioeconomically disadvantaged, who have are disabled in some way. We are the ones that feel the brunt of this system. Um, and it is one that they're fully aware of. And, you know, so they make even... You know, I look at this whole Barbie phenomenon in this moment and I am appalled. <laughs> like to spend $150 million on marketing alone, why else would this be successful? And to have, you know, just token disabled person, token black person, token bigger bodied person, but still the identity of like the perfect woman is this white blonde skinny person is <laughs> just like, the opposite of radical intersectional feminism. It's the opposite of humanism. It's the opposite of what we should be going for as a community of women or people who identify as such. Um, pink is never going to be my color. And when you look at the what we do when it comes to gender roles and restrictions, there's a pink tax. You buy a pink razor versus a black razor and the pink razor is more expensive. Why are we leaning into these systems? I don't care if a woman created this. The root of Barbie actually is um, it was like a sex doll in Germany. It is literally, when you look at the body, the shape, the foot that's constantly like this, these are not things for us to identify with and decide, this is womanhood. Yes, I need to go buy more tickets and support it. <laughs> I want to burn it down. <laughs> uh we share that perspective and I don't, I know this is a very polarizing topic. People are very passionate about Barbie. So do your thing. And yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's like I'm we, always rooting for Issa Rae though. So girl, get your coin. Yes. Like forever on team Issa. But yes. no way, no how. Cross those boundaries. Continue to rise the tide for all of us. Put your beautiful melanated body in all the spaces so that we have access. But I do not support it. Mm. So kind of along those same lines, I love that you described it as like the universe being kind of uh, ubiquitous with friction. Like there's friction everywhere. There's always going to be this kind of, yeah, like the negotiation of, of values of whatever. And I imagine that doing the work that you've been doing, whether it's through brand strategy, we're partnering with different companies or in the cannabis field, right? Yeah. Like, how have you learned or how do you navigate um, the friction between kind of leading with with values, but also and also, um, I don't know, I imagine there's like some cannabis like partnerships that like might come your way that are flush with a little bit more cash, but maybe not like the most equitable and aligned brand or something like that. And like, yeah, I'm just curious, like how you navigate these things, how you advocate for yourself, how you think about you, how you price your work and value your work within that. So I think first and foremost, I'm unabashedly authentic. I don't code switch. I don't like this is me. What you get, what you see is what you get all the time with everybody. 
<laughs> I am. So these brands, when they're coming to me, they know what they're getting. And I think it's a certain amount of perseverance as well. You know, I started, it's like, I've been in cannabis for five years, but I've been in social justice movement um, forever. Like being in my body and <laughs> makes it such, you know, um, and always being othered in spaces. So since I was a teenager in Massachusetts, in Boston, I was doing nightlife parties and I was finding ways to integrate community. I saw a problem. I was like, okay, I'm seeing the black clubs. I'm seeing these white clubs. I'm able to kind of go to both, but they're playing only that music here. They're only playing that. I'm like, how can we fuse these so people can come together and we actually have a community of understanding and realize that we're all human at the bottom and the base level. That's been my value structure forever. Is how do we bridge the gap? How do we bring people together? And maybe as being a black girl in a white neighborhood, always feeling othered from that moment, feeling queer, feeling outside, feeling like I didn't belong. I have always had to create spaces of safety for myself and other. Um, and so when I am out, whether it's creating content or I'm talking to brands, I lead with my values. I tell them exactly what I'm feeling. I tell them, you know, and yes, there is, um, the thing is that's really funny is you would think that some of these brands that have a lot of money that they'd be offering such, but actually the brands that are smaller are giving more money because they value what I'm doing. They see it, they understand it, and they want it. Whereas the other brands that have money where it's an MSO, they'll try to rip you off and be like, oh, we'll give you like $500 for a post. And then we're going to use your image in perpetuity, like reading these contracts. Like what? If you're going to have me in a hundred stores across the nation, I need licensing. And how dare you think that I'm not smart enough to read it, honey. I've got lawyers and I also have an education and I've also got knowledge to know historically y'all rip us off. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to it, yes, whether it's TikTok or it's Instagram or you're doing creatives, like people will value you. We have something called equal payday for a reason. Black women are not getting the same money as creators, as experienced producers, as healers, as yoga instructors, as whatever they're doing, as their white counterparts, as those who present as white, as the men are. So a bigger brand coming to me will obviously probably actually lowball me in comparison to somebody that's of equal stature um, with social analytics and so on. Um, and then with clients and who's coming to me again, they are finding me on my social media. They're reading about me. They see that I am extremely opinionated, that I do not back down, that I care about my community, that I'm going to be so honest and frank with you that if you're not able to take that, then probably don't want to send that inbound. Um, so the people that are reaching out, they get it. Um, and I've seen it and I've worked with clients that have mostly white femme or women um, identifying teams. And I've said things like, you know what, not all of us have pink pussies. So I'm not going to put that up on our like, wall as a graphic because there will be people that will feel uncomfortable. You know, you have to think about all of the folks or how come we're not talking about fibroids because that disproportionately affects people who look like me and we can't just talk about endometriosis and PCOS, you know, like we are the ones suffering the brunt. Um, and, you know, or, you know, you are making these uh, wellness related products, but you're only targeting this group but like elderly folks could actually use this too. How do we make sure that we're targeting our elders so that they understand that this is not 
the devil's lettuce. And it's something that can offer you real healing instead of being addicted um, to pain medications. Mm. Um, so it is a journey in which that I am now starting to open up a little bit more to bigger brands, but I have been very, very purposeful in working with smaller brands, working with women-owned brands, working with queer and BIPOC-led organizations and brands, and linking arms with them to build a coalition. Like, I don't do events normally that are just, okay, one brand. I'm going to bring in all the non-competitive, even sometimes competitive brands, because we are not competing with each other. We're competing with the guys that have all the money. So mm-hmm. let's get out of this mindset that I need to push somebody down that's around me when the, the real pressure is coming from above and pushing us all down. Mm. Yes. Thank you for that. I, there's so many gems there just around collaboration as the way forward. And we don't have to be reproducing these competitive models. And also what happens when we do throw money back and forth in microeconomies, we change things a lot faster than, you know, relying upon um, uh, those guys. <laughs> um, Keep the money between us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it can change real quick. Yeah, so quick. And you look at people like there's entire neighborhoods. Like, look at Chinatowns. I marvel yeah. at Chinatowns in every city. Like, they get it. Or yeah. you look at they keep their money within their community. Other people come in too, and like, oh, I want to go to that restaurant. But they are like a block, and they get it. They keep their heritage, their identity, their language, their everything, and it's brilliant. Have you? ever been surprised at like has there ever been a time where you were like I'm my whole self and like y'all probably are not going to get behind it but actually like it it it, they you're surprised that they're like even more in into it like does that ever happen (laughs) times not really usually it's like I I know what I'm dealing with yeah, <laughs> you can feel it in the tone of emails and how they jump on the call, whether they have their screen off or they have their camera on, you know, like there's so many things that are subtle cues about I'm not really open and I'm going to come and like tell you what to do rather than listen and be interested on how we can work together. It's like mm-hmm. instead of like, what can I extract from you? Because I already have a plan and a motive and an agenda. Um, and like, I am leading with my lawyers rather than listening. Um, and so that is nor- the norm. I have had situations, for example, where I've sat on panels where I've been next to people that I completely don't agree with. I'm like, your view of the world and militarism and no offense to veterans, but like, I just do not, I'm a nonviolent person. I do not believe in militarism. It is profit to kill other people, regardless how you spin it. And some of us had had no choice in order to live in the world that we've had to become a part of these systems again. Um, But the overall view is I'm not here for it. I don't believe in killing anybody. Um, And for whatever, we're not protecting borders. Borders don't exist. Um, So like this is a man-made construct. So I was on a panel with a few veterans and I felt completely shut down quiet because it was about social justice like 
yelling over me. They're taking up so much space. And when I finally got to speak, um, I was actually kind of like shaking. I felt so nervous. Um, and like people were like, thank you for your service. And I felt like Larry David in that episode where he's like, nice to meet you. Um, like, like, okay. Like, um, but like people came up to me after it and were just like, I am so grateful for the difference of opinion. Like you were the only person on that panel that I felt any kind of resonance with. You're the only person who soothed my endocrine system, who made me understand that I don't have to live at a state of aggression, competition, and violence to be a part of society. Mm -hmm. um, and I am like, come here and give me a hug. <laughs> you know, like, I lead with hugs, not guns. So, like, I, I just... Yeah, there are times where I am surprised, where I'm like, okay, y'all signed up for this conversation. I am the weirdo, and there's actually a bunch of other weirdos in here who are grateful for my presence and my point mm -hmm. of view. That is, thank you for sharing that story. I think that's really, really important. Um, okay, so Solange, your business ecosystem uh, looks so aligned and well-balanced and multiple projects, right? So um I'm curious if you could share a little bit about how you prioritize your energy, how you work on multiple projects at once, any productivity or kind of lifestyle approach tips that you want to impart upon the rest of us multi-hyphenate creative human beings here. <laughs> So I've been a producer and event planner forever, but a community organizing, experience designing, like curating and being intentional about having folks uh, be a part of community. Um, and so I think I am just inherently like ridiculously organized. Um, like the the calendar blocks for me to actually take time to breathe and rest and restore and reset. Yesterday, I went to Soho House and sat by the pool with a friend all day long, intentionally, from 11 to 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. That was, I might, I might not have gone to Martha's Vineyard, I might not have gone to out, out east, but like I, in the middle of the week, was able to find time because I planned it. Um, I'm very intentional about planning time away um, for myself. Um, not, and it can be an easy, quick trip upstate to like a getaway cabin where I drive myself and put myself in a box and take some shrooms and go on a hike. You know, like there's so many ways that you can be intentional that aren't extremely like resource exhausting. Um, that, but you just need to be intentional about making that block. And then same thing with organizing the different projects. So Weed Auntie um, is the newer project that I launched in June um, after the sunsetting of my partnership, uh, Humble Bloom. Um, and so there was a shift and I was very intense. It was not balanced because I wanted to make sure that I had clients and that I was feeling successful and that, you know, I could pay my bills living in my apartment by myself in Bushwick, <laughs> you know, like I don't have anybody who's going to support or help me in any way. I trust somebody. I don't have a man. That's just me here by myself eating and forming a future that I want. Um, and I, made sure that I just worked really hard 
for like a month and a half of just like, let me get all the pieces organized. Let me start to create, maybe let me make an impactful experience that people don't expect me to do like a men's session because I'm so rooted in other and women. Um, and so that they're like, wow, that's really cool. But I think I like have specific days that I work on urban and I have time blocks that I'm just like, all right, today, Monday, I have a call with my business partner in LA. So Monday is going to be all urban. I'm going to get things done. Sometimes I'm like, because I'm taking that day off on Wednesday, I'm going to be working on Saturday. You know, like it really is about being flexible. Um, but also, again, being intentional, setting up blocks of time, going for a walk in the morning and just breathing and listening to music and affirmations to myself. It's like, girl, you're going to make this money. People want to hire you. You are abundant and amazing. And look at these curves of your body just walking through this place like I got it. It's like hyping myself up so that I have that energy to do what I've got to do day in and day out because it feels like Groundhog's Day. You know, you're just like in front of a laptop, talking to that potential client, pitching yourself um, and just trying to get through. Um, so yes, the, that's a long answer, but the short is definitely being intentional about what days I'm doing what. Sometimes that gets thrown up in the air. Also being open to different experiences and newness. I went to a cannabis farm last week and it was because the farmer just texted me and she was like, girl, when are you coming? And I'm like, oh my God, okay, let's do this next week. You know, I will clear everything and I will come sleep over your cannabis farm so I can wake up in a state of bliss. Um, so I definitely have days that are specific for different projects. I also try to leave space for flexibility and also block off days so that I can have moments for reset, so I can have moments for reflection, um, so I can cry if I need to because I'm stressed out like give my body just what it needs so that I am inspired because when you just are going and going and going you start to lose that creativity you start to lose that intuition and those downloads and being tapped into like what really is motivating you and fueling you as well as what is coming for you because there are so many people out there that are watching that are like actually that's pretty cool that she did that or like maybe I should work with her so I just keep going but at a pace that is in my body not trying to keep up with other people and their productivity and knowing everything knowing what I know and doing what I do Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love that. Yeah, I, I I'm just hearing a lot of just just balance. And I like it being framed in this very human and like in tune with the natural world type of way, like the net every day, the sun comes up and all the plants are like, hey, you know, they do their whole thing. And then then night happens and there's like a break, you know, and so like, I mean, it's not novel, but I think as we reconceptualize, you know, and kind of um deprogram from capitalism a little bit I think it can be tempting to be like I just want to like like what does it look like to like rest all the time or like what you know and I think that a lot of us find ourselves in a place of not being able to actually do that and so like to to work with it with the world enough as is and these conditions enough as is and to to find ways of thriving through it to me what I'm hearing from you is is letting it all be a little flowy but having a good amount of both <laughs> you don't have to be Monday through Friday nine to five but you know who, who works like that what is that that is again that is the capitalist structure and I I think that like 
from my past experience, one, the pandemic, the pause that happened really helped me understand and value rest and restoration, leaning into the nap ministry. Like I will come home from a meeting and lay down on my couch and take a nap in the middle of the day. It's like, of course, like that's auntie energy. Let me have some tea. Let me light some incense, put on some jazz and just go to sleep for a minute. Cause why not? Who's telling me what to do? (laughs) Only me and my body. Um, And then, you know, my before starting Humble Bloom, I actually worked in like the human capital slash the workplace space. Um, I worked at a company called Live Gray, which was all about living in the gray and having balance and having autonomy and understanding that each individual is exactly that individual. So not everybody wakes up in the morning and goes for a run at 6 a.m., can take a shower and be on the train by 8 so that they can be at work at 9. Some of us have kids to drop off. Some of us are late risers. Some of whatever it is, there are different things for different folks. And in order to have, you know, their attention, to not have attrition, to understand that sometimes hierarchical structures, actually mostly hierarchical structures, lead to people feeling like I need to jump ship and I need to abandon this. I am not feeling loved and valued. There's no path for progression. So I was really involved in their DEI, like KPIs. I was very much involved in their experiences. I was their executive producer for their Life at Work conference, which brought fast-growing startups to San Francisco and New York. Um, And I expanded it beyond, oh yeah, we're just having the Ubers and the Fivers and those like big, like money Silicon Valley companies to let me look and see who's doing cool stuff in Atlanta. That's like a team of five, you know, that's doing innovative stuff or who, what's going on in Virginia? Like, let me do some research and invite these people and give them free tickets so that they can have this experience to learn to build their business in a way that's more human. Um, And so we were really about the future of work. And that I think is in my DNA about just how work should happen in the first place. Like if I wake up in the morning and I'm just feeling a little down and I can't do anything but masturbate, like that's what's going to happen that morning. And I will go get a coffee a couple hours later after I have a masturbation nap, you know, like this, like this is what I need so that I can go and do the work that I need to do. And otherwise I'm just going to be this, drone that's pumping out subpar. I don't really care about what I'm putting out here because it's just a paycheck. Um, It is really brave to be an entrepreneur, to be a solopreneur, to be in partnership with somebody and try to build in a system that literally is like, you need a herd of people to do the work for you while you're on your yacht. (laughs) (laughs) you know, like that's, this is not the thing or to do it like from bootstrapping, like literally you're two women with zero dollars and you're like, we just have a vision um, versus um, my father gave me half a million dollars to start, but I have to pay him back. (laughs) Girl, please. Like when everyone is talking about these celebrities, I was like, I am not a fan of the cult of celebrity. I refuse to buy anything from these people that are like giving you wasteful products. They're just going to end up in landfills. Like support local business, love, share, like be a part of growing us and fueling us instead of oppressing us and destroying the planet. Or a, a, from so, some celebrity whose like parents gave them all the money, the clout, the name, and the nepotism. Amen. <laughs> um, 
Yes. Uh, okay, so that I love reclaiming humanness daily, wherever, whenever you can, where, whenever you, and knowing that doing that fuels the creative energy, fuels the visionary activity, fuels the stuff that's actually going to move the needle in your life and in your business. Okay. Pleasure. 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 How can we find pleasure in our work? I'm <laughs> very, very much in tune with that. I need to feel good when I do an event again, hugging everybody. So excited that they showed up for themselves and for me and for each other. Like, you're here together. That is magical. <laughs> okay, I have to ask. I love that. I, like, do you have any hard lines between work and play with in regards to cannabis? I don't hook up with people in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> hard line. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, really? You know, I feel like so many people, they do, oh, I like with my coworker, blah, blah. And that's fine. Good for you if you find love that way. But there's so much more repercussion for somebody like me. Um, and I don't want nobody knowing my business. Again, I'm going to be like Issa, be like, I married somebody's son like four years down the road. And it's like, wait, she had a boyfriend? <laughs> what happened? But, so no, yeah. the, but I guess, um, so some folks, like I know plenty of folks who uh, weed is a part of their daily productivity. It's they go to work and that's, you know, a part of what works for them. There's other folks for whom it's like, okay, I'm going to do my work and then I'm going to smoke weed. I'm curious if you feel comfortable sharing, like if you have any thoughts around relationship between, yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, first of all, weed can be used. To, like I am wearing weed. That's another thing I want people to understand. Like how you utilize weed in your day to day doesn't always need to be inhaling it. Um, mm -hmm. This is like a hemp top, hemp and cotton top. And it's one of my favorite tops from my girl, Mara Hoffman, shout her out. Um, but I think with regards to consumption, um, I am very thoughtful about it and very intentional about it. I'm not awake and bake and blast with a bong type, but I am a maybe roll a low dose integrated with other flowers and herbs, sativa blend um, joint and sit with my coffee and book or my laptop and get going in the morning. Um, I also sometimes wait and don't do it until later or don't do it at all during the day. It really depends on, again, I'm giving my body what it needs. I'm very trying to be very in tune with my body and not overdoing it because I do like it is medicine, but all medicine can be overused and relied upon to a point that it now has control of you, um, regardless of if it's plant-based or it's pharmaceutical. Um, I'm learning and seeing so many people talking about their you know, psilocybin usage and like hyping it up. It's like, you need to take breaks there too. So I'm engaging in tea breaks. I'm doing more micro. I'll have a joint and it'll last me a couple of days, you know, just puff, puff and put it down um, and walk away, come back. And then other days I am blown to the face. Like I just need that to get by and I'm not going to lie, <laughs> you know, 
Um, but I, again, I think I take it in the firm, form of tea and CBD. I have this friend who has a brand called Noir Bud. She's a black woman who's from Chicago who lives in Brooklyn. And I love her lavender vanilla tea. So I could start my day with that. Um, I also have gummies that I take. And again, not THC, but CBD. It's like if I'm feeling anxious or nervous, I will take a CBD full spectrum gummy and just get back into my body and be like, it's going to be okay, sis. Um, And also recognizing that my lung health matters. You know, I'm a singer. um, I'm a speaker. I'm constantly using my voice. um, So I'm trying to find ways to not constantly abuse the thing, the instrument that I love and need in my life. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's really it, but I, I really integrate the plant in so many other ways besides inhaling. Um, and so like I have fibroids, I mentioned, I have the CBD tampon that I'm obsessed with, that really that's called day is the name of the product. Um, and like that keeps me so that I can work and I can function because otherwise the pain is so debilitating. Um, so there are definitely tools in my toolkit that are with cannabis, lotions, creams. Well, I get like hives sometimes, like literally people making me nervous, I will break out in a rash. Um, so I keep topicals with me too for my dry skin, for my reactions to people that are aggressive. <laughs> um, yeah, she's sensitive about her shit. She's a Gemini. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for for sharing there, because I think it's just so important to have more and more just examples and modeling of relationship, right? And intentionality and and just what does relationship with uh, a beautiful plant look like, right? And, and kind of restoring that um, because we, as we know, kind of capitalism and consumerism is like, I think, fueled by the breakdown of relationships or the, the, you know, and so just being in that space of being in touch with your body and yeah, intentionality. Um, beautiful. Thank you. Um, so you've also successfully grown at least a few different social media accounts um, over the course of your life. Can you talk about your relationship with social media um, and what has been, I mean, you don't feel like you need to like give away any secrets or anything, but just what's been your approach to growth? Hmm. Um, Being consistent um, and really seeing what resonates with people. And even sometimes when it doesn't resonate, sharing it anyways, Mm -hmm. um, finding and fine tuning my voice, like what I want to share. There's so many things that I could be sharing on the internet that people have no idea about in my life. I do not post everything. I am a very private person, even though I'm very out there on socials. Um, And like there are bits and pieces. It's like, okay, she's sad right now, or this happened or whatever, but keeping them guessing, (laughs) keeping them intrigued, like what is going on? Um, And yeah, listening, asking questions, you know, reaching out to people, seeing what's going on, finding partnerships and collaborations with other brands so that there's cross promotion, doing things that are really rooted in organizing. A lot of where my social media following came was during the pandemic. 
um, which I think is very true for Black creators and people of color um, because we are traditionally put to the side, even if we are the ones who originate a lot of the content and the things that are viral, um, mm-hmm. people who don't look like us, they're the ones who get all of the, the, as we were saying, other with like brand partnerships and so on. Um, but during that time, uh, there were a lot of lists going around where people were sharing and being like, follow this cannabis organization that's led by this black woman, follow this woman who is doing breath work um, and guiding people through the social justice and equity lens. Um, And I think having different offerings for people as well, Um, but also staying very much in your lane and in the topics that you're supposed to be talking about Um, Mm -hmm. because people want consistency. They want to continue to learn from you. They want to continue to feel included and invited and a part of what you're building. Um, And so, yeah, that's what has worked for me. Um, And also not just doing, I I know that there are people who like post a reel every day or whatever. Again, that's, that's not my energy. Um, I'm like, I need rest. I really actually don't love being on devices. (laughs) <laughs> to be very honest, like some like that since I was leading parties here in New York and like hosting parties and nightclubs, um, in, like my late twenties, people will be like, "I've been calling you. Where are you?" I'm like, "I don't know. My phone's in my bag." It's like, "How are you throwing a party but you don't have your phone?" I'm like, "Because I don't want it. I want to talk to people." <laughs> so it is definitely attention for me. But then again, like. It is how I get a lot of my leads now, you know, for brand partnerships, for collaborations, for vendors that want to pop up at my events, for like, it is the way that people contact me. Even though I have a website that has my email, like people are like, let me DM her. And I am such like an old school person. I'm like, can we move this to email? Like, I can't be in DMs. There's so many DMs. Like, I just, no. Like, (laughs) like I don't want to miss your message so let's take it to a level of like we are talking about how we're going to collaborate now not just I like your post um yeah yeah beautiful so I'm hearing um you know a collaborative energy I heard consistency what does consistency mean to you because you said it doesn't mean like I'm going to post a reel every day but what does that mean to you Consistency in the subject matter and the topics. Like I talk a lot about social justice. I talk about white supremacy. I talk about pleasure and sex and gyne health and talk about cannabis. Really, those Mm -hmm. are like the things that are on my feed. Occasionally I'll get woo woo and talk about what's happening with the stars and the universe and how it's fucking up my life. (laughs) But mostly (laughs) I'm in those other topics. Um, And don't stray and sustainability and such. Like I have brands that reach out to me that are such gross products, like absolute trash, like plastic made in China, like, or really sweet and sugary, or like, I love a chocolate cake. Let me tell you, I love my desserts, but I'm not trying to push like insulin shots on my folk like you can take cannabis in other ways not just sugary things um so i will push for sustainability sustainability in the cannabis space i'll push for intersectionality and the people that are those brands um and i think that's what i mean about consistency is like staying in those lanes and letting people know like i'm going to be talking about this you can come here for information Love that. Exactly. And, and not feeling pressure to put all parts of your private life on there as well. 
love that. Um, okay. The brands reach out to me. I'm like, I'm not going to post about my skin. No one cares about that. <laughs> not true. Not true. <laughs> no, no one cares about my skin. I mean, I don't. I'm like, my skin, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, glowing. Okay, so we, I want to leave a little bit of time for Q&A. Um, so my, my kind of last question for you, Solange, is... Um, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious how the products that are currently on your plate and the work that you're doing ladder up to a bigger kind of vision or mission or why for the world. But if you can kind of articulate the future that you are working towards um, and what is your kind of bigger why here? Okay, so I am like, where is this book? Sorry, we're going to got a really professional setup here. Um <laughs> I'm going to plug a friend slash person that I admire and idolize, uh, Rachel Cargill. She has this book, A Renaissance of Our Own, and mm-hmm. it's a memoir and manifesto of like uh, reimagining our, ourselves, our future. Um, she basically, as she's building her business, because it's so passion oriented and purpose driven and in her space of knowledge um, and in her space of collaboration, where can I meet and kind of link arms with, like able to build something so magnificent um, and leaning into her values. And one of the things that there's like little worksheets in that book that help you figure out like, what are my values and come up with your own manifesto and so on. Um, And her three are ease, abundance and opportunity. Um, And I'm like, show enough. That's it. Like, (laughs) and for me as a black woman, that is a struggle. Where all of those things, um, how am I able to attain that? And how can I do that for our community at the same time? Because that is the burden I think some of us are not interested in and don't want very individualistic. But for me, I believe in like, I cannot do this by myself. I want to help others. I want to bring along. So my ultimate goal is to break down some of these systems of competition to lead with collaborative, intersectional and kind energy in order to show like, this is how business can be to show that you can be humanist and profitable, um, that you can also take time off and revel and rest, um, that you don't have to be some robot AI kind of energy, that like we are human and we deserve love and comfort and just, just ease again. Um, that is like my favorite word, ease. I just want to live an easeful life rather than one that is stressful and filled with, oh, I'm in the hustle. I got to struggle. I, like, I have removed those words from my vocabulary. I am no longer hustling. <laughs> Even if there might be hustle energies, like we're just working and we're working towards a goal. I'm not a hustler. I am a living person who wants to have an abundant future where I can be sitting in my beautiful space where we're all living together with cannabis trees, cannabis plants kind of just floating and we're eating food together and I'm also escaping and I'm nowhere near you and we have our time and space (laughs) and place to just be our full selves without hiding. Yeah. Well, thank you for, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for emanating and, and, and modeling that, embodying that. Um, I think it, it's, it's extraordinarily helpful um, for everybody. 
part of what I wanted to hold space for with these conversations with New, New Money Social Club is we're, we get a lot of mixed messaging, like on social media and stuff. It's like you see a lot of people who look like they're somehow making millions of dollars on like no work overnight. And and so we have these kind of mythologies happening. And then we show up and we're like, wait, I'm not there and I don't know how to get there. And so there's this big gap right between our reality and what we're seeing other people we think are doing. And in in my experience, uh, that is an illusion. <laughs> and no, nobody's really fully just out here making a ton of money on no work pain free. Um, I'm not saying we can't we can't have easeful abundance, right? But this is a huge transitional period of time, right? When we are divesting from one system that we know is broken and crumbling, we are create, we're scraping together our own systems. And that doesn't look fully formed overnight. That doesn't always look like the steadiest full fruition paycheck and security overnight. But that's, but it doesn't mean that we, ha- we can't have that. Um, in my experience, you know, I've definitely witnessed multiple folks who were doing the most beautiful work in the world, who once they were in touch with some basics around really how much money they needed to be making for life to feel easeful and abundant, how much energy they had each week to really deliver on that, and then crafting, like putting one foot in front of the other to craft a business plan that actually works towards those goals. It's all possible. It's all possible. It just might take a little bit more time. And wherever you are right now, I think it's possible to be more entrepreneurial, even while, even if we have to continue working at a job right now, that's not the full dream, right? It's possible to continue to advocate for ourselves, to level up in terms of how much money we're making and um, all of those things. And so I just want to share that this space, the whole intention is for us not to feel like we're making these isolated efforts in little kind of echo chambers, but more so once we story share around, okay, that's what you're doing. And the more connections that are made and collaborations that are made, that's, that's capital right there. Right. And so this is, that's the whole point. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And thanks for sharing that. And one other thing I wanted to say is that I think that like, understanding that like your first iteration of something is not going to be it, (laughs) you know, just full stop, you know, like before I had humble bloom, I had done entertainment before I had done entertainment. I had Elos events. There's always been like a building, a learning, a growing. How can I do this differently? Okay. I'm going to link arms and partner with somebody this time around. What did I learn from that partnership that I don't want to bring into this next round of things? You know, like there's so much and it is hard. It is lonely. So do reach out to friends, to other entrepreneurs, find community where you can grow and learn together. I think one of the best things that we did in Humble Bloom was intentionally create community within our community. Like there was nobody who was like, oh, Humble Bloom is doing this just for themselves or we're making a product. So we're in competition with people. It was like, we were all about, hey, babes, we love you. Let's support you. Let's do. And that was the model. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that gave us just a foundation of we're leading with care and community over like, I got to do something for me and make money quick in this green industry. Um, And yeah, that was like, that's a huge learning for me. Um, It's like, when do you flip the switch on certain things? Like right now in New York, cannabis, even though it's legal, it's a mess. I'm not putting a product out there right now. There's no way. (laughs) I'm seeing people fight for shelf space. I'm seeing farms have their 
products just expire um, or I have to sell it on the illicit market. Like it is not a space for me because I know that there's just too much tumult and trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timing. Right. Um, so thank you so much. So Lange, I want to just close out by um, you have some amazing projects you're working on and, and some really a really important event, at least one of them that we want to share. And so I just want to kind of give you the floor uh, as we transition out uh, to share all those beautiful things. There's a lot coming up. Please stay in touch with me. Um, Please share and support because just a like or a share is a big thing for me um, Mm -hmm. to make sure that the message is passed on and that, you know, I am sharing the good work of others as well, not just for myself. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Eden. Thank you so much, Solange, and thank you all for being here. I am walking away from this feeling even more just just inspiration and permission to be the whole and, and bring all the values to every single space forever <laughs> and not feel like the weird one or like you can't have that conversation someplace, but to be that so that there could be other weird ones as well. <laughs> Um, and so, we love weird. We need a lot. We need all of. We need all of us. We need yeah. everybody. All the weirdos, all weird, the nerds. All weird. All, <laughs> um, Solange, you're incredible. Thank you so so much for your time. And yes, beautiful to connect with everybody here today. Stay in touch. Thank you, Eden. Thanks for coming, everyone. Bye.